So today we are going to talk about two things that are seemingly unrelated. One, our being interrupted, and the other is our being inspired. As we begin, watch this. Well, as you saw with the guy in the video initially sitting in a chair, life can be calm until the interruptions come. Indeed, he could handle them, but then the interruptions became overwhelming. It's the same with us, isn't it? Interruptions in life come at us too, and some are big, some are small. Some come and pass quickly. Others come and they linger longer. Thus, we all have times when our plans get interrupted, delayed, inconvenienced. And it's so easy, isn't it, to get frustrated and to fight against everything that doesn't really go our way. And certainly every interruption that we have is not bad. Every closed door doesn't mean you're not where you're supposed to be. Some interruptions will occur just in the normal, everyday happenstance of life. Other interruptions happen in a deeper, divine way. How do you know the difference? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. Sometimes someone might pull out in front of you in their car on your way to work or to a store. The result is that that person would make the next light and make you have to stop for it. Now, interruptions like that have no real consequences in the course of our lives, except to slow you down a little bit and to remind you not to do that to somebody else. And so other interruptions have a deeper purpose, a divine purpose that's orchestrated by God. We've all heard stories, haven't we, by people who say, well, you know, God delayed me in some way so that I wouldn't have gotten in that accident or even in sometimes extreme cases, so I wouldn't have gotten in that plane crash. And then two, many of us have experienced a door closing in our lives, which we realize afterwards would not have been God's best for us. Sometimes I also do believe that God allows us to be inconvenienced so that we can help somebody in need. Other times, we have to go through some tough interruptions in order to be where it is that God really wants us to be. So the next time that you're interrupted, you're delayed, you're inconvenienced, instead of thinking, man, this is such a pain, this is getting me off plan, off schedule, have a new perspective, thinking that maybe this is a divine interruption. Could this be God protecting me? Or could this be God bringing somebody across my path? Or could this be God closing a door to ultimately direct me to another one and a better one? I heard from a dear friend this week who took a misstep at work a while ago, from which now is blown up to the point that he was let go of his job and let go of his life's work. And this person had achieved so much. He'd helped so many people. He genuinely made a big difference everywhere that he went and everywhere that he invested himself. But now, it looked like it was all over. He had no idea what he was going to do with the rest of his life. This obviously was a very huge life interruption for him. But he also said, you know, I'm not going to try to figure this whole thing out by myself right now. No, I need to learn some things about me and about my life that God wants me to learn from all this. In other words, I'm not going to let this interruption make me bitter, which it certainly could, but rather, I'm going to let this interruption make me better, make me to be more the person that God wants me to be. And I say that's God's goal, if you think about it, really for every interruption that comes up in our lives. 
every interruption that erupts in our lives. Just what is God saying to me in this interruption? What does God want me to learn in this interruption? What does God want me to do as a result of this interruption? Because sometimes we find interruptions in our life have a purpose that benefit us. My nephew Roy, he drives 120 miles a day in a two-hour round trip to go to work every day. And that drive doesn't always put him in the best mood when he gets there, even put him in the best mood when he gets home. But recently he had a job interview with a guy whose business was less than 15 minutes away from the house. The guy was very impressed with his work knowledge and his vast, widespread work experience in the guy's field of business. In fact, the man said, you know, listen, well, I'm going to call you the next day to talk more about hiring you. But the next day, the phone call never came. And it didn't come the day after that either. And first disappointed, Roy said, you know, afterwards, I got to think about all this. And the guy did say some strange things that were pretty weird during the interview. And afterwards, it made me kind of wonder if I actually wanted to work for him. And it made me actually glad that he didn't call. Because what it did, though, was help me to realize that I have the best bunch of people that anyone could ever work with already on this job, even though it's 60 miles away. And so I'll just wait for the job I'm supposed to have closer to home when it comes up. And I'll be much, much more thankful for the job I do have right now. You see, the door of that opportunity closing on that job much closer to home actually benefited him. Because now he's so much more at peace with the job he has now, in spite of the drive. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, describes it in this way. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could ever imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Sometimes the interruptions of closed doors and delays and disappointments are ultimately for our benefit and simply the way God has of guarding us from missteps and also guiding us towards his steps. Of course, two interruptions in our lives may not always be for your good. Sometimes they may be for the good of others. In fact, you may never know how God used even the very simplest interruption in your day or the change of pace in your day to benefit someone else. It may just have been a smile. You paused for a moment and gave someone that all of a sudden brightened their day. Or maybe you held the door open for a stranger and all of a sudden they felt God's love. You never know how God can use a smile or can use a kind word or a God bless you offered to someone else. Of course, when you and I get inconvenienced, delayed, interrupted, it's so easy to get frustrated, to think, I can't believe this is happening. I'm going to be late. Why can't I find this? But please understand, it's not always about you and it's not always about me. It's not always about what I want and about my plans. What life is really about is advancing the things of God. It's about impacting others. Sometimes God's going to interrupt our plans so that we can be a blessing to someone else, so we can meet a need, so we can lift someone's spirit. Take a look at the picture of the guy on the screen. His name is Harry. He's 74 years old, and he's homeless. His glasses are held together literally with tape and with string. I first saw him as I walked into a McDonald's a couple weeks ago. 
and said hello as I passed by where he was sitting. And he seemed genuinely surprised. And he brightened up and he said hello back. And after getting my food, I ended up sitting at the table directly behind him. And as soon as I was seated, a couple walked past him who frowned and looked disgusted and mumbled some not so very nice things about him. A little while later, he spoke to someone on the other side of the aisle who afterwards looked at me and frowned and shook their head. And it was then I realized that he must be the owner of this mode of transportation that was sitting outside the window. It's a bike with a big poster board on the front wrapped in plastic saying, God so loved the world that he sent you, his son, Jesus. And so I'd seen it before, but I had never seen the owner. So a few minutes later, he turned around and made a brief comment to me, and I was glad to interrupt my breakfast and glad to interrupt the newspaper article I was reading. I spoke back with him. I told him, I like your bike, and asked him perhaps if he might like a couple of food gift cards that that might be helpful to him. And he very thankfully said, yes. And so I left the restaurant, and I went out to the car and got a couple of gift cards, one from Publix, one from McDonald's, went back and gave them to him. We talked some more. We even prayed an encouraging prayer out loud right there in McDonald's. And you see, God uses people. God uses people. And it's up to you and me to be inconvenienced and to not be so embarrassed, not to get so stressed or not to get so frustrated that we miss the opportunities that God puts right in our path God is counting on us to let our light shine and make a difference wherever we go. It's interesting how many of the miracles Jesus performed and happened when he was interrupted walking down the road. In fact, in Luke's 18th chapter, verses 35, 38 through 41 and 43, the NIV tell us this. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting beside the road begging. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on him. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more. You see, those that were with Jesus undoubtedly didn't understand what was going on. And so they said to him, don't interrupt Jesus. Don't you know he's the son of God? Don't you know he's got important things to do? But Jesus didn't go for that. Not at all. Because Jesus stopped. And ask him, what can I do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also were praising God. You see, Jesus was always willing, always willing to be available and to be inconvenienced. To be inconvenienced to help others in need. Now, we see another time in Mark's fifth chapter, verses 21 through 33, this. A large crowd gathered around Jesus when he was by the lake. And undoubtedly, this was a great opportunity for Jesus to speak to lots of people. But look what happened next. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came along. Seeing Jesus, he pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter's dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And so Jesus went with him. Another time in this same passage, we see a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under many doctors. It spent all she had. She grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And so immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was free from suffering. 
You see here that Jesus experienced one interruption while he was in the midst of another interruption. Think about that. He was on his way from the lake to help heal Jairus' daughter, and then he's interrupted again. And it's kind of like us. Don't we go through that? One interruption after another. But notice Jesus didn't ignore the interruption, and he didn't just keep moving along. Because once he realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around the crowd and asked, Who touched me? He stopped and he paid attention to that. And he paid attention to all the potential that that interruption brought to him. He didn't waste the inspiration that interruption set right before him. And yet, this is something we don't realize on our own naturally at first, do we, when we see an interruption. And we see that certainly in what was the disciples' reaction to Jesus. Question, who touched me? In verse 31, the disciples responded in this way. You see the crowd against you, the disciples answered, and you ask, who touched me? The disciples just didn't understand what God was doing right there. And so Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. How awesome is that? Jesus didn't just pass her by, gloss over the interruption. He used the interruption to confirm her healing. And not only that, but when Jesus continued on with Jairus, the father of the sick girl, that happened even when the potentially interrupting news came that she had died. It didn't deter Jesus, who continued on to raise her from the dead. And you see, that's what interruptions try to do. They try to stop us in our tracks They try to frustrate us. Interruptions try to take us aback. Interruptions try to have us give up. But God has something important that we can learn from them and we can learn in them. You know, when Patty and I were looking for a house more than a year ago, we found one that needed a lot of work. And I really liked it. Patty wasn't so sure. But unfortunately, somebody put a contract in on it a few days before we were going to. But the closing of that house kept getting put off and delayed and there was trouble again and again and again with the people who were trying to buy it we were told so i thought it meant ultimately we were going to get to buy that house but then it closed i was crushed patty not so much but i was pretty disappointed and so we started looking for another house and we found one we liked we went to contract on it and it was supposedly in perfect shape looked great to us the inspection however revealed some problems that the owners didn't want to fix and didn't want to renegotiate back into the price of the house. So we were disappointed again. And then another house came up, and it was like the one I originally wanted to buy, the same floor plan, but it had been added onto, and it had a new kitchen, which were two of Patty's objections. And so we had it inspected, and if the same thing happened, hidden problems, the owners didn't want to fix and didn't want to renegotiate back into the price of the house. So we were disappointed again. But all the while this is going on, we were looking at these houses. There was still another house that we'd seen not long after we started. It had some nice things about it, but it also had some things about it that we didn't think were really for us. But ultimately, even though we had known about this house nearly the whole time as we looking at the other houses, we hadn't realized this was going to be the house for us. And God does that sometimes. He places things in our hands. He places things right before us that we don't recognize the value of. Ultimately, we bought that house, we made some changes to it, and it turned out to be the best investment of all the houses that we looked at. We're extremely happy in it, that we wouldn't have gotten into it without those interruptions occurring. 
are trying to buy all those other houses. And that's the way it is for us, for all of us in life. We don't naturally see those kinds of things first. Interruptions tend to focus us on what? On what we don't have. And tend to focus us on all we've lost and the result of them. And interruptions also, after their initial shock, they have the potential of refocusing us on the value of what we do have. The value of what is often right there before us. And if not immediately in hand, the value of things that are well within our reach. So interruptions in life have that ability to change our perception and to change our projects and our plans in life and ultimately put us in touch with what God really, really wants for us. And we see this with the shepherd boy David in 1 Samuel 17th chapter, verses 17 18 in the New Living Translation. One day Jesse, his father, said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. Simple assignment, right? Take these things to your brother. They're all in Saul's armies. And simply find out how they're doing. Come home and tell me because I'm their dad and I care about them. But look what happens in the midst of David's trying to do that. In verses 22 through 24, we see that David left his things with the keeper of the supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. And as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. So instead of, hey, how you doing? Tell dad okay, be on your way. His brothers and the Israelite army are running in fear for their life from the Philistine giant Goliath. And gee, that's certainly going to be a great report to give to his father, Jesse. And so with his mission for his dad seriously interrupted, David was told this about that situation, that the king actually was offering his daughter in marriage to anyone who could kill the Philistine giant, for whom the whole Israelite army is now running away in fear. Not only that, but the family of the one who kills Goliath will never, ever have to pay taxes again. Which I wouldn't have mentioned, but hey, this is tax season. It did sweeten the pot. But you have to love his brother's reaction to David's being told this in verse 28. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the man, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? In other words... Your being here is an interruption to us. What can you do? You're just a little shepherd boy. Go home and tend your few sheep. And that's kind of what happens to us, isn't it? When a big life interruption hits us, we think, man, what can I do about this? I don't have anything I can really do. I don't have any way to get around this. This is just a big blow. It's not supposed to happen that I'm going to have to somehow get over and somehow get past. In other words, we kind of end up looking like David, don't we? An out-of-place little shepherd boy in the midst of frightened, fighting men, facing a terrifying giant. Not much we can do with this big life interruption, but look at what David does. He doesn't look at this in the same way as everybody else does. He starts looking at it in a different way. 
seeing what he already has right there before him. And he picks up five stones, puts them in his shepherd bag, takes a sling, and does what no one thought was ever remotely possible. He goes out and he defeats Goliath. You see, that interruption in the mission Jesse, his father, sent him on led to this inspiration that what he had right there before him could do what no one thought was possible. In the process, defeat Goliath. And in the process, defeat the whole Philistine army who ran away when they saw Goliath was dead. Friends, it's the same with you and it's the same with me. Big interruptions in life can seem like they're impossible to deal with. No way. But we don't need to ignore those interruptions or run away from them. But we have to be open to what they might lead us to see and what they might lead us to do. And that's what happened with this person. Her name is Allison Porter. Watch now her story. I first started when I was like three years old in commercials. And then I did Star Search when I was five. After that, I ended up booking a movie called Parenthood for Steve Martin. But the role I'm probably most known for is Curly Sue. I mean, definitely had a taste of stardom. I did two Broadway shows. I did Footloose and I also did the revival of A Chorus Line. It was a very high stress environment and I lost myself. I was using drugs and alcohol as much as possible. There's mommy. I've been sober now for eight years. I really feel like that's when my life started. I've had an amazing career, but as much as I loved acting, none of that was genuinely who Allison Porter is. In my soul, I am a singer. And this was my last shot at really making it in the music industry. And I don't think there's a better way to showcase who I am than being on The Voice. It means everything to me to stand on the stage, a sober, clear human being, and just sing a beautiful song and have people recognize that I'm somebody who deserves a shot at my dream. Listen, with a voice like that, how did you guys ignore the signs that this is what you're supposed to have been doing all your life? Honestly, I was going through a hard time in life. And then I actually got sober uh, almost eight years ago. And I really feel like the universe just had a plan for me because you guys turned for me today. So. Well, listen, I know that without those distractions, you would not be here today to see you perform so eloquently. It was just amazing. I would love to have you on my team and garnish what it is that you have now. Thank you so much. You see, without those distractions and interruptions, Allison wouldn't be where she felt God called her and created her to be. Of course, few of us are ever intended to have our lives played out in front of millions of people on the stage or screen or through music. But God intended that we would live a life He created especially for each one of us to live. 
But to get there, we have to go through a series of interruptive and disruptive things throughout our lives that cause us to rethink and reflect on and refocus ourselves. And in that process, God will show us how we have in hand and how we have within reach those things that inspire us to live the life that he's created us to live, as well as those things that can inspire the hearts of others. God in Proverbs 21:17 in the NIV tells us, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And for God's purpose for your life and my life to prevail, sometimes our plans will be interrupted. Sometimes our plans will be delayed. Sometimes our plans will be diverted. Sometimes our plans will be rerouted for us to be on the path that God created us to be on. So don't dismay about your interruptions in life as much as you have in the past. Realize instead that God may be guiding you in a course correction, an adjustment to get you where he's created you to be. Think about that. And as you do, pray with me. Great God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much for your grace because part of this life process is interruptions. Things that we hadn't planned, things that we haven't seen coming, things that we may not be really excited about when they happen. But help us to know, Father, out of every interruption in life, you have something to show us. You give us an opportunity to move just a little bit closer to who you want us to be. And so help us, Father, to see the interruptions in life in that way. Certainly, they're always a shock at first. But help us to move past that and to see all that you would have us to see so we could be all that you would have us to be. Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for your love, your care, and your concern for us. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who in him we may have life, new life here and new life eternally. It's in his name we pray. Amen.